0: More businesses than you think have been impacted by scams and theft. On today's episode, we're going to give you what you need to safeguard your company.
1: Welcome to Bootstrapper's podcast where we help entrepreneurs scale their business with remote teams. I'm your host, Jeremy Aspen here with my co-host and spouse, Gwen Aspen and together we have helped hundreds of companies grow their business through remote professionals. If you want to achieve those big, hairy, audacious goals for your business, this is the podcast for you.
0: Most successful people don't want to talk about the time they fell for a scam or admit that they trusted someone, even a close friend or family member who stole from them. But the percentage of businesses who have had this happen is incredibly high. However, the number of people talking about it is really low. And these kind of scams can set you back and put you out of business. So today we're going to break the trend and give you all the things you need to do to safeguard your company from theft and scams. So uh, we have had several people try to scam us over the years. No, thankfully, no one's been successful, but we've been close a few times.
1: If I was successful and I scammed you into Marion. <laughs> You fell for it, sucker! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um,
0: but I have read because I, this is such a big deal. You even had a friend recently get scammed out of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah,
1: uh, so th- these are those phishing scams. This one is a phishing scam, and um, it was in another country. And sure enough, they uh, you know they they got an email and they wanted to make sure the money was wired somewhere, and it went to a bank account somewhere else. And no, and that. is gone.
0: And of course, they're not going to talk about that publicly. And a lot of these scams happen uh, behind closed doors and you just never hear about it. But it really is something that we all have to train our teams to watch out for and uh, make sure that um, we're safe against all kinds of scams and thievery. So one of the things that um, I I did, because this is the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, I did read a book called The Thief in Your Company by Tiffany Couch. Totally recommend it. Um, but. She mentions as a forensic accountant herself, that one of the biggest risks to any company is one person in the office who gets the mail, enters things into the system and goes to the bank. If any of you have that closed loop of an employee, that is your biggest red flag risk area um, because they can get the mail and usually it happens with tax statements where they, pretend that they paid the taxes don't pay the taxes steal the money that you'd pay towards taxes and give that money to themselves
1: well and yeah the other thing they end up doing if you have software that lets you lets that person create vendors then they start to make fake vendors which is another thing that book and then they can write checks to this fake vendor and you never find out and that's a that's I've heard that one several times.
0: The other one that's a big one is if they are in charge of offboarding employees and then they don't offboard them correctly and put their own bank account in replacement of the old employee. That's another area.
1: They're so creative. Oh,
0: my gosh. And then another area where I've seen a lot of painful thievery is when you have a trusted professional who has maybe a company credit card or does a lot of sales activities. And uh, if you really audit those uh, charges on the credit card, they're spending your money on shoes or massages or other um, un- you know, non-allowed expenses yep. while they're on va- on a company vacation. And those are really emotionally painful, I think for owners, cause you're like, oh my God, you're my best salesperson. We've been working together for 10 years and you just scammed me out of all this money for, you know, your Prada bag. And I didn't even know, I thought it was a client dinner, you know?
1: Well, so for Riffin, <laughs> I remember just a couple of years ago, well, no, this is probably going back eight years, eight, 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, we have a pretty solid system, even back then, 10 years ago, um, of where we control uh, the transactions on credit cards. And even despite that, there were a couple of instances where an employee, a maintenance technician, bought a drill, like an electric drill, a, a nice one. And then, and that's usually not we could see that that could get done, like maybe there was permission and all that. And then there was a second time. And then on the third time, my the guy that does our audits and does data entry, he's like, why is he buying three drills? So sure enough, he ended up buying three drills over the course of three weeks and he was selling them for half the price right when he left the building. Hmm. You know, that's another one. So you yeah. gotta have tight controls over your credit cards to, to catch for that, and candy bars. If you have a trust account, we used to see that all the time. Um, the guys would leave after buying supplies, they'd throw a candy bar onto the tab. Well, that's in Nebraska, that's illegal. You can't you can't buy a candy bar with your client's money. Mm. And they did. They yeah. didn't do it, like it wasn't really bad, but they did it pretty regularly for a while.
0: So for our clients, because we consult a lot with how people should manage their business or their operations, this, I, I know we sound like a broken record, but it's really up to your processes and procedures. Um, one area where we do see people make mistakes is they don't watch the privileges in their system. So like, for instance, with these examples of creating a vendor or you know offboarding an employee, if you have an employee that you gave like ridiculous privileges to your system because you had some problem with it and you wanted them to fix it and so you momentarily like increased their privileges as an individual and now they have access to literally everything in your system, including possibly even signing a contract for you. It's another area to be concerned about if, they, if for electronic signature. But um, if you gave them too many permissions and then you forget about it, and then they can do things for months later that you find out about only after the money's gone because you gave them these permissions, forgot about it, and they shouldn't have had them in the first place. So Jeremy always has been a stickler for this, and I agree with him that you give permissions by Role, not by individual because it's easier to audit and then you can make sure that if you're giving, even if you're doing a like a special thing, don't change the individual's privileges, change the full role and then you'll remember to change the full role back more easily than an individual.
1: Yeah, so one of the things to do, like make notes, you wanna have software that's capable of controlling people's permissions. And so if you don't, you got to get rid of it. <laughs> Close your spreadsheet and go get some real software. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then, you have to have the discipline to actually control the kinds of permissions that different roles need to do their jobs. And that's that's the important part. Does this role, does this seat, need to have this permission to do the work that you hired them for? Okay, you. so
0: you just mentioned spreadsheets. So this is another area. If you have a bad actor in your company and you use an abundance of spreadsheets and they hate you for whatever reason, you might not find out they hate you till weeks, months later, they can, if, if all your important client information and who your contacts are are on a spreadsheet that they can just like forward to themselves, I mean, that's a big problem. Um, If they could, if you don't have a big moat around your business and it's easy for them to just set up shop and do exactly what you do with your whole client list and all that, then having all that information in a spreadsheet that's easy to print off or put in another spreadsheet, that's a problem. So Jeremy always recommends keep it in the software and don't allow people print functions on a lot of through your privileges. People really don't need to print anymore. What do you need to print?
1: Or export even export, unless you're gonna use it to import somewhere later. There's, yeah. a, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that, like, so if you're using spreadsheets for your business, welcome to 1980s technology. Congratulations, you got to the 80s. <laughs> let's roll forward a little bit. Wait, and get, don't be so mean about it. No, no, no. It. <laughs> I'm this mean. If you're using spreadsheets for important parts of your business, you're not using technology. Well, this and is 2022. And people can steal it.
0: Okay, so let's talk about passwords. Dear God, for all that is holy and important in the world, use a password uh, protector software like Keeper, LastPass, something like that. For one thing, this isn't even about security, but if you don't have this and you're like most companies that have a bazillion softwares, you're going to spend maybe half an FTE a year (laughs) asking what the fucking...
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm going to rephrase. Asking what the freaking password is. The user, What's the username and password to HubSpot? And then you're gonna, what's the username and password for 90? What's the username and password for Google? I'll send it I to mean, you by email. Oh my Jesus God. Christ. Like the Facebook group, the Instagram group, the TikTok. Like, oh my God, you'll spend literally half an FTE wondering what the passwords are now if you use one of these password protectors it's not like a sure fail thing because sure fail, is that the right word no no they got it okay <laughs> It's it's because you could still have a cookie on your computer and like save that password. But what it does do is it gives you a list of the passwords that you at one time gave this individual. And then when you want to fire them, you can go down that list and change all the passwords immediately as someone else is firing them so that they don't have access to anything.
1: LastPass, Keeper. We we'll we'll use Keeper. That, yeah. We'll use
0: the, it's really good. I think you should use it. Yeah.
1: Um. Are we going through the list? Yeah, just
0: going through the list.
1: Let's look for some surefire ways of protecting people.
0: Well, (laughs) surefire. Okay, so I have another scam story. So uh, we had a new sales employee, you know, super anxious to please, really into her brand new job. And she got like this. Uh, instant message that looked like it was from my phone, like I was messaging her on her computer from my phone. And it said that my phone had broken and that—that's why I was using this weird software. Sorry, ha ha ha, L O L. You know, very colloquial. But hey, can you go buy um, a bunch of Amazon gift cards and send them to this client with this address somewhere else in the country? Because you know we messed up, and we really need them to get these Amazon gift cards. So she was literally in her car driving to the location where she was gonna buy these Amazon gift cards before she called me on my cell phone just to make sure it was really me. Obviously it was not me.
1: Make sure your employees know that you never need a damn gift card. Nobody in your company, none of your clients ever need to have a gift card like right urgently. now. Like urgently, yeah. It's just, now Christmas comes around, they have some sort of system in place, but that's the reason gift cards are, that's usually the method of exchange, the medium of exchange that these scammers use, if you weren't aware of that. Uh, they have people go out and buy gift cards, they give them the number, and then they have this, they have money available to them to buy stuff on Apple or Amazon.
0: Do you remember when our accountant almost got Scammed at Wistar Group? No. And she almost sent.
1: She did? No, I don't remember. I remember one of our. It was uh,
0: very close. It was very close. It was one of those urgent requests and she thought it was from you. Oh, yeah.
1: I do remember that. Yes. yes. So,
0: I mean, this is literally happens all the time. Well, and then
1: I was talking to a guy in the office. I was listening actually to a guy in the office and he was talking about, oh, I'm giving you access. I don't know why you can't see it. Oh, and then it was something like, Oh, I sent you too much money. And I was like, no, I went over. Bill, hang up. He goes, no, 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 it's the it, it's the bank. I accidentally sent them too much money for, I was like, hang up, you're getting scammed. And he was really polite and hung was up. Was it
0: his personal money? No, he yeah, didn't yeah, it was, have his, access it was to... his
1: personal, yeah, it was his personal anyway the point is, is these things are happening okay
0: one more thing one more thing because it's relevant and it happens in mexico all the time um your ba- these scammers can spoof your your bank's name on the caller id and then ask for like information like your social security number and things like that so even if it's the bank spoofing just be skeptical even if your caller ID says a bank or a client name or something like that, because it may not be them.
1: So I wanna go, I'm gonna mention a couple of other things. Um, bank reconciliation. So everyone always oh, wonders, yes. why is it that we, why? what are bank reconciliations for? Of the several hundred companies, let's say a couple hundred companies that we've, um, that I've consulted for, I would bet you 80% didn't reconcile their books anytime in the last year. And most of them never had like they. There's this fundamental fundamental misunderstanding of what bank reconciliation is for. So in this context of security, just know that that uh, reconciling your books, credit cards, and banks uh, are an important tool to making sure that your money is going where it was supposed to. Okay, so reconcile your credit cards and reconcile your bank
0: and i so this just means that the in your software the amounts of the checks and the amount that you have in the bank is the same as the actual bank account yeah i mean i just want to get clear on what reconciling means because a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what it even is
1: yeah make sure you reconcile the real world what's at your bank with what's in your software that's that's it in a nutshell but
0: I have a scam story about that. Um,
1: And well, something to consider is that if you have deposits that haven't been reconciled for over a couple of days, attack those. If you have checks that haven't been cashed for a month or two, call the vendor, find out um, why they didn't get it and if they need to reissue. Because that's where some scammers have some room. If they're making a fake deposit, it's showing up on your books as income. If it wasn't actually a true deposit, you can't know the difference. Reconcile your books.
0: Okay, so we did have a friend in the property management industry. He had this horrible cancer diagnosis. He was recovering. And somebody in a foreign country got his bank account information and started making small withdraws using these fake checks. And he he was really good in general at reconciling his books, but because he was sick, he was just like a little bit behind in it. And right before, so he reconciled his books right before a $30,000 check was about to be withdrawn. And he caught it right in the nick of time and um, the authorities were called. But the other problem is that authorities are totally overwhelmed with scams and stuff. So that's why this is so rampant is because there's really not even anybody checking or there, there's really, I mean, you can go to the police, but the uh, that these people will be found and held cul- culpable and go to jail or pay their dues is very rare because it's such a global dynamic. All right, Jeremy, so in conclusion, what would you say maybe like the four most important things are so that people stay protected from
1: that? Okay, so procedures, having Uh, the approvals. Approvals being part of the procedures for money to be able to leave the building. Uh, Reconcile your books, credit cards, and bank. Don't let one person have access to everything and have a password protection tool. That's the four.
0: Oh, I agree with you on those. If you wanna solve labor challenges, scale your business faster than your competition, alleviate back office support struggles, operational challenges, and find the most talented workforce, then Antiquem is what you need today. We'll take our support beyond the podcast to focus on your company's needs with a specific and proven way to overcome challenges and grow your bottom line fast. Contact us directly so you can get started today. Our emails are in the show notes and our website is anaquim.net.